Afroverdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Afroverdict podcast dedicated to World Vegan Day, which is celebrated annually on the 1st of November. I'm your host, Victor Anakin, and in honor of this day, I'll be sitting down with Mponya Mate, a South African vegan, to discuss her experiences and challenges of living a vegan lifestyle in a country where meat consumption is high relative to the continent overall. Our guest will share with us her personal journey towards veganism, and in case you've wondered about the health benefits of this lifestyle, we will definitely touch on that too. As with any identity, uh, I imagine that Mpoh probably had challenges that she has faced uh, within South African society being a vegan. And along with this, uh, of course, we'll explore some common misconceptions about veganism, uh, specifically the nutrient and protein content of vegan diets, and post thoughts on the availability of vegan options at local restaurants and cafeterias in South Africa. Additionally, since traditional African cuisine is often plant-based, I'm sure our guest would like to share her favorite vegan dishes that are unique to her culture. So whether you're a seasoned vegan or simply curious about this lifestyle, join us as we celebrate World Vegan Day and explore the unique experiences of vegans in South Africa. Paul, welcome to Afroverdict. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start with like a, a brief introduction. Just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you study, and for how long have you been a vegan? All right. Um, greetings, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on the show. My name is Mpo Nyamate. I am currently completing a BA degree in politics, international relations, and sociology. I'm also a humanitarian um, affairs um, ambassador. Um, uh, yeah, I'm a green ambassador for the humanitarian affairs in Asia. Um, and I've been vegan for a year, but before I was vegan, I started with pescatarianism. So I would say that it was a bit of a, a layered transition as opposed to one that was um, quick and fast and out of nowhere, um, if I can say that. Yeah. Okay. All right. And tell me, what is vegan to you? Is it simply refusing to consume animal products? Or is there some underlying cause or philosophy? You know, as much as in the beginning, it had its own material factors, you know, that being health and um, for the most part health. Um, right now, sitting where I'm sitting in retrospect, I think for me, being vegan means doing something about the climate crisis. When I first heard about climate change, I think I was... I was still in high school and I really can never really forget this day. Um, we were sitting in our geography class and we we're talking about climate change and um, the fossil fuels and the impact that it's having on our world and how things are just going to be so much worse in the next coming years. And I, I really remember feeling this anxiety, you know, just that sense of an existential crisis. What is going on with the world, you know? Um why are some of these things happening, right? And then over the years, um, as I grew up, um, it was then I came to a realization that, wow, this is still a problem, you know? So as much as I have started off my veganism, you know, looking at the health benefits, the more I became in tune with um, just how much 
you do for the animals and for you know the climate and the environment this and the more I became in tune with that is the more I felt that I was doing something for my inner child you know who wants to feel like we're doing something about the problems that we see in the world and yeah just stepping into that and taking responsibility you know I don't want to be the activist that tells you about climate change and then is not doing anything about it so for the most part I would say that that's where most of my focus is but I do also have to say that I started with health issues I was struggling with lactose intolerance and I found that I need to respect my body you know we only have one bodies you know we don't have many you know you're not granted a few every five years so to get upon myself to listen to my body and to cut out the milk when I cut out the milk it was like okay let's let's see what other things we can cut out because clearly we're not we're not consuming food and we're not enjoying food in the way that we are so let's just let's just use this opportunity to create a shift but when I created that shift I you know immersed myself in all of the literature and all of the things um, that are going on around the world and also just immersing myself in books like We Are the Weather by uh, Jonathan Sanfranfoy, which really speaks to um, just how much um, damage animal agriculture is having on um, the environment as a whole. And the more I stepped into that, the more I stepped into climate activism, um, the more I felt, you know, so drawn, you know, to veganism and wanting to make a difference. Wow, that's beautiful and quite inspiring as well. Your veganism, is it limited to only the absence of consumption of animal products? Or because I mean, I've heard that, you know, some vegans, they just sort of limit themselves to not eating animal products. And then others take it a step further. And, you know, they, they won't use products in general that have anything to do with animals at all. So like they won't wear leather, or they'll abstain from smoking cigarettes, because Uh, now, allegedly now cigarettes or, you know, they're tested on animals and so on and so forth. So how far does your veganism go? Um, so for the most part, I try to keep my veganism within the confines of my socioeconomic status because I am a student and I'm not someone who is working. And as such, I do not really have the means to incorporate veganism in every single aspect of my life however the aspects that I do incorporate veganism uh, into my life is um, specifically with fashion um, I'm not someone who's comfortable um, you know buying clothes from the store and if I do have to buy something from the store like a cotton shirt which takes so many gallons of water to produce I would really make sure that it's a product that I use over and over again but just thinking back on it I don't remember the last time I stepped into a store and bought a clothing item for the most part my clothes are thrifted you know I um, buy from you know um, places that are you know so big on thrifting so big on sustainability um, one of my favorite places to get um, some of my thrifted items is um, retake.com they have an Instagram page and they have you know pop-ups around Melville and sometimes they even um, stop by at um, the APB campus at the University of Johannesburg you know so just really um cultivating, you know, space for that and, um, you know, dressing up, but dressing up sustainably and also aligning myself with friends who also do the same thing. I think just the other day we were talking about how we need to, we need to all come together and, you know, um, have 
you know, a thrifting day where we all go into the city center and we just have some cash and we, you know, thrift some items. Some of the best items of clothes that you find are thrifted. I think I found um, a pair of old school corduroys, Valentino corduroys, and they were completely thrifted, you know. So it's just a thing of like... um how do I say working within your limits um, and doing what you can. And, and as for the leather pot, um, I own two leather jackets, but they're also thrifted. I, I, I hijacked them from my mother's closet because they're from the eighties. So they have that, you know, they have that, um, that retro um, look, you know, um, that we are all, you know, so geeked about these days, you know, so I extend my veganism to, you know, fashion, sustainable fashion, to um, my food choices. And whenever I have to buy something that isn't vegan, um, I'll make an example. The other day, um, I was gifted a pair of leather boots. And as much as um, I had felt guilty it was this thing of like okay I'm gonna wear these leather boots until the end of time you know so I really try to limit my consumption but at the same time there's some areas where I you know can't necessarily you know be vegan you know there's some things that I can't always you know put money you know towards you know I can't always say okay I'm going to buy you know certain products that are you know you know properly vegan or whatever so where I can't you know, where I see that I am these some places where I can't be the activism, the activist that I'm so proud to be. I just work within my limits, but I just make sure that I do not contribute to, you know, a growing problem. You know, I don't know if that answers the question, but for the most part, I would say it's definitely with the sustainable fashion. Um, yeah. I think that's that's cool as well. And it echoes with the, you know, that South African thing of reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah, that's sort of got embedded into my brain since I was a kid at school. But it has a nice vibe to it, reduce, reuse, recycle. But it's great. So I like the fact that uh, you have a very balanced approach and it's not radical, if I can put it that way, because I've heard of some uh, vegans that do take a rather radical approach, which I, I can't really identify with. You know, I support as long as it's not not too overwhelming. You know what I mean? No, your approach is awesome. Uh, I love it. How has your experience as a vegan been received by your friends and family, say? Honestly, the reaction has been so positive. Um, I think because at the heart of it, I really do love cooking and I love immersing myself in wholesome activities, right? But cooking is definitely one of them. Before I was vegan, I loved cooking. And now that I'm vegan, I love it even more. Um so I'm just going to tell a story that's going to properly um, answer this question. There was a time where I had come back um, home really late. This was back when I was still doing debating, when I was part of the UJ debating union in the beginning of the year. And I came home quite late at eight o'clock. And I kid you not, I walk through the door, I get through to the kitchen and my family has vegetables that have been cut down for me. They've cooked some rice and they're sitting there at eight o'clock in the evening, not having eaten anything. And they're saying, we want you to cook for us. We want you to make us your fried rice. So it's been a very great experience in the sense that um, I put my heart in it. You know, and I hear that a lot from my cousin too. He always gets excited when I make food for the house because he's like, he knows that I put my heart in it. And 
So with that energy, I feel like my family has grown to love my food and grown to get excited when I make food. You know, as soon as I'm in the kitchen, I'll be like, are you making food? Can you make for all of us? <laughs> and then at the end of the meal, um, like you'll always find that one who's like, are there leftovers? There's no leftovers. <laughs> Okay, you know, so it's been it's been a very positive experience. And even with my friends, um, I think it makes them happy to learn that veganism is actually a lot more inclusive and a lot more easier than 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 you think. You know, um, just the other day I was talking to one of my closest um, guy friends, Theo, and we were saying that um, he was asking me to eat bread. I was like, yeah, he's like, is bread vegan? I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, so we can eat bread and chips then. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can, we can. It's like, okay, cool, let's all get bread and chips. You know, so it's it it's also met with so much um positive curiosity, if I can say that, like, oh, you eat this? Okay, let's go get this then. You know, and it's just it just feels good to to educate um my friends, my family, my loved ones while sharing you know these food experiences with them is how i can describe it oh that's great i think one of the most important things when you adapt a new lifestyle is uh, the support from from people that are closest to you and most dear to you no that's that's really awesome i'm a, i'm an avid fan of cooking myself i can't say that I, I always cook vegan dishes but i'm especially keen on indian food so their dishes are often vegetarian so not vegan but yeah they do exclude meat at the least and I tend to come home quite late. So, and I, I don't like eating in general late, but if I'm like starving, then I don't eat anything heavy. So I stick to vegetables. So in that sense, I'm completely with you. I'm also a vegan by night, non-vegan by day. <laughs> Speaking of meat, South Africa is among the top meat producers and consumers on the continent. What made you go vegan in a country where meat consumption is pretty high compared to the rest of the continent, in the sense that I don't think it's that common yet in South Africa, veganism. I don't think it's a very African trend in general. I mean, in, in the modern understanding of veganism. Mm, I think this this is where I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, disagree with you, my bad. Um, in the sense that I feel I've come across so many people who tell me that actually they want to um, incorporate less less meat and more vegetables um, into their diet. Um, in fact, um, one of my friends, she had said that she feels like meat is low vibrational, you know? So for the most part, I feel like as much as veganism can be perceived as this elitist, you're so privileged, you can choose whatever you want to eat type of movement, but on a spiritual sense, it's actually becoming more you know, more popular. And especially when you dive into, you know, African spirituality and um, people just not feeling like um, the food that they're consuming is vibrational because it went through a process where there was killing and slaughtering and so on and so forth. Right. Um, but to answer the first part of your question, um, I would say, um, you know, like I said in the beginning, you know, it just started with, you know, just having lactose intolerance, 
and then just respecting my body, right? But at the same time, you're right. We are South Africans. Um, so um, back before I was vegan, when I was still pescatarian, my dad would always invite me to his um, house for brise or barbecues, as as um, they're known, but brise here in South Africa. And he'd be like, okay, you don't need meat. So what are we going to do? So then um, back then I was vegetarian, so, you know, I'd bring some fish and, you know, um, we'd put that on the rice sand, you know. And um, so I think it's just a matter of, you know, finding your alternatives. But when I became vegan, then he's like, okay, what are you going to do now? You know, and then it was like, okay, no, it's okay. We can we can make something work. You know, we have your, your staple foods, your chakalaka, your beans, your salads, um, and back then I would also um, consume Fry's family. Um, they have these sausages that you can also put on the rice stand and, you know, all of that. I don't consume them too much because I feel like um, since I've been vegan for a year, um, my taste has really changed. In the beginning, I was consuming so many soy products, um, um, vegan alternatives like your your vegan sausages. Um, but now I find myself leaning more into mostly raw veganism i say mostly not entirely because things like um tortillas and you know certain certain things like soy milk they're not they're um heavily processed so you can't really consider those items as you know raw vegan foods but i would say for the most part i lean on the vegetables but to answer your question i would say that you know i i really leaned on to this because of health um but also i feel like because um, meat consumption is such a big thing, even my veganism, it it, it is a source of kind of like in, inspiration, but also a source of education, you know, because we are a society that eats so much meat. So a lot of the time I get I get questions like, how do you do it? I, I could never survive without meat, you know, and that puts me in the perfect position to to educate and say, hey, I'm not really trying to get you to... Um, convert i'm just trying to get you to eat more vegetables i'm just trying to get you to eat less meat in a day you know because just deciding not to eat meat in one meal of a day it has such a huge impact a bigger impact than people would normally think and i also learned about this when i was reading um the book we are the weather by jonathan for so yeah that's how i would put it yeah i'm completely with you on eating less meat and more vegetables there's actually a topic we're going to move to right now but it, it has its own health benefits you know reducing the amount of meat because yeah. it is um it's, it's heavy very literally heavy so if you eat meat like late at night which i do not like doing you feel that additional sort of weight and discomfort and if your body signals to you that it's not good you don't feel well after Afterwards, you probably shouldn't be doing it. So with that, yeah. I'm I'm completely with you. In this year of being a vegan, what health benefits have you personally experienced? Oh, so many. Um, so for the first part, I'm really grateful to not get sick when I eat food. That's like one of the biggest things I'm super grateful for, that I can consume something and that it will not make me sick. I do not believe that food should make you sick. The very purpose of food is to nourish you. So if you eat some food and you get sick, 
it does it, it's not doing what it's supposed to do it's doing the complete opposite so I'm really grateful for that I'm grateful that I don't experience you know indigestion and just feeling like you have this heavy feeling of heartburn or that you have you feel like your tummy is crowded you know um and I've also just felt like a lot lighter you know and something that I really um, enjoyed in the first few months of being vegan, because obviously your body will adjust, you know, and say, okay, this is how we're eating. And then it, it's regulated. But in the beginning, that's when you see most of the changes. So when I became vegan last year, that's when I saw most of my changes. Um, I felt like it was easier for me to... Um, to put in the work, to exercise, and to see a reflection of that work within my body. It was almost as if my body was more receptive to my efforts because of my diet. And this is where the saying, you know, um, goes that um, a lot of what you eat will speak to your appearance and how you are and how you feel and how you are presented. Yeah, for sure. I mean... As the saying goes, you are what you eat. I really do not experience a lot of indigestion. I feel like really light and it's just easy to engage in exercise. It's easy to see results more so then than now. Not to say that I do not see those results now, but like I said, over time, your body will regulate and say, okay, this is, this is us right now. And, and so it doesn't even feel like a lifestyle. Oh, yeah, it doesn't feel like a diet is what I meant to say. It feels like a lifestyle. You know, it feels like it feels like Tuesday, if I can say that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Many people, you know, believe that vegans are not getting enough nutrients and proteins uh, specifically. As a vegan yourself, uh, do you think this is a grounded argument? And to what extent? No, I think I think for the most part, for most of our lives, we've been socialized and we've been told that, hey, if you eat meat, that's how you get your proteins, you know, to be a man, to be strong, you must eat meat, right? That's what we're taught. But actually, there's so many sources of protein from plants. And even the protein that you get from the meat comes from the plants. Um, because, you know, the cows, they consume, they consume the grass. And even the cows, they're fed the vitamin B12, that people think vegans don't have access to, you know. Um, so it's very important to kind of like break those stereotypes because most of veganism is research. I always tell people this, most of what constitutes veganism is research. If you're going to jump into it like a cold plunge, it's not going to be comfortable and it's not going to feel sustainable, right? But to answer your question, like specifically, um, for me, I've found that there's actually quite a lot of sources of um, protein, right? Mushrooms. Mushrooms surprised me. Mushrooms are sources of protein. Um, oh, yeah. And they're actually very good sources of protein as well. Very good sources of protein. Um, beans and different types of beans too. Hey, I'm not just talking about your, your baked beans, which I still love. But there's also chickpeas. And I love throwing them in the air fryer um, with some spices and some oil and then they come out as crispy chips. Chickpeas, chickpeas are the best. I remember when I when I worked as a, a waiter in back in South Africa in Langaban, one of the three burgers they had on the menu was a chickpea burger. And back then, I, I, what, I just finished school, I guess. And I was like, what? 
why why on earth would you eat a, like a chickpea burger made of vegetables when there's a burger that has meat? And then eventually, I was friends with a lot of kite surfers, and mo- a lot of them were vegan uh, or vegetarian. I'm I'm not sure which one they were, but they didn't eat meat. And this one guy, he kept on edging me on to to try to try the chickpea burger. And then one day I was like, okay, okay, fine, let me try. It was so good. It was so good. After that, I didn't eat, not specifically at that spot, I didn't eat any chicken burgers or beef burgers, only the chickpea burger. It tasted so, so good. Exactly, exactly. And there's so many of those. There's so many of those really good burgers. Um, I'm not sure if Woolworths still has it, but Woolworths had this amazing cauliflower burger. And I think it even had some butter beans in it, but they would take the, how do I say, the, the patty. It was like... It was like a crumbed patty and it was it was just delicious, right? But, you know, there's chickpeas, there's different kinds of beans, there's butter beans. You can do so many things with them. You can also make hummus, so very versatile. Broccoli, broccoli is also really good for sleep, but it's also a great source of protein. We have your sweet corn as well. Um, also have your spinach, you know, very, very good sources of protein, you know. So most of veganism is research and just finding out what works for you, finding out what kind of vegetables have the proteins that you need and how you can make small little replicas of dishes that you loved or finding dishes that you love. I think that's my favorite part of it, finding new dishes that you didn't expect to love that are healthy, nutritious, and that just give you this boost of energy. Yeah. Yeah, I think what scares even a lot of people in veganism and vegetarianism is this misconception that they'll be eating food that is bland and tasteless, which is not true because, I mean, God gave you spices and herbs for a reason. And it's the same plants that you use to cook meat with as well to give a taste. If you use the same ingredients on uh, vegan or vegetarian recipes, it's gonna you can make it taste the same almost. Okay, of course, yeah, you can't make a carrot taste like uh, a beef steak, but I mean that's the whole point. You know, you're trying to get away from the from the animals, trying to get away from the heavy proteins. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like you can also play around with your tofu's. Um, sometimes um, I take the tofu, I spice it up. Throw it in the air fryer, also include some sweet and sour sauce or some sweet soy sauce, throw it up in there. And then when you pull it out, you, you eat it and you're like, wow, this tastes like chicken, but it isn't. You know, so it's just that thing of like um, cultivating, you know, rich flavors for your food so that it feels like you're not missing out on anything. In fact, you're creating something, you know. I'm not big on tofu, though. Maybe I haven't experimented enough with it, to be honest. But I also think that, you know, People think of of veganism or the vegan diet specifically as some sort of limitation when it's not. You're not limiting that much, actually. You're limiting what, like, mainly people in, in the meat sector, I mean, they eat, what, beef, pork, and chicken. So you're limiting three uh, three sources of protein and then animal products, which usually are what milk, eggs, butter. That's about like, I mean, the three main animal products, more or less. So you're limiting six sources of nutrients. But in exchange, I mean, you can try cooking with so many vegetables and grains that you haven't even heard of. I'm a big fan of marsh. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a, once again, an Indian thing. They look like small green beans 
It, they're super good, man. They taste like nuts. The only thing is like you have to boil them for long. But other than that, they taste, they taste really good. And they they go with anything, you know. They kind of remind me of tofu. You can make it taste, I don't know, like you said, like chicken. You can make it taste like carrot if you want even. I think people should try and explore explore the vegan diet because it could really bring out some interesting flavors ultimately. Were there any or are there still any specific challenges or obstacles that you faced as a vegan living in South Africa? Um, I think for the most part... Um in the beginning, I would say that I struggled with just um, getting access to certain goods. Um, based on where you are, you won't always have the same access to um, certain goods. Like I'll make an example. Maybe um, the Woolworths here in Kruger's Open Key West um, will not have my favorite vegan brownies. Uh, and when I say these brownies are top tier they are completely top tier so unfortunately some places do not have do not have certain vegan goods right um but at the same time that speaks to you know the demographic split and we can't ignore that we can't ignore that these inequalities exist and we cannot ignore that certain supermarkets will have products that match you know, the consumer, right? When I still stayed in Rentendale, there was um, um, a township very near, um, nearby me, uh, Munsonville. And um, in Munsonville, I would not find my vegan butter. I would not find my soy milk. Um, I would not dream of found, finding my tofu, you know, um, but that just also speaks to, you know, the state of the country and, just how um, how prominent um, you know the, the demographic split is and the kind of access there is to certain foods and so on. I would like for it to change, but um, in the midst of waiting for it to change, it's important to acknowledge that that is a thing and that not all supermarkets will house the same kinds of products. Yeah, thereby sometimes making it really difficult for people in certain settings to even consider being vegan so that's my only criticism about this phenomenon is that by limiting access you you kind of prevent people from um how do i say envisioning themselves being vegan yeah Okay. Okay. So it's certain socioeconomic factors that an individual cannot, you know, directly change around them. Yeah. Yeah. No. That is a that is a unfortunately a problem. Of course, not only in South Africa, uh, across the whole world. You mentioned shops and stores where you know you can or cannot find vegan products. What about restaurants and cafeterias in South Africa? Are the menus well suited for vegans? In your opinion? Um, I would say that. Um, you just have to find your spots. They exist, but you have to find them. But one thing I'm really grateful for is places are becoming more inclusive, right? Um, the other day, my dad invited me for breakfast and he said, let's go to Wimpy. And part of me, like, like there was a part of me that rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, Wimpy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, bro, come on. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, Wimpy. But he was like, are you sure you don't want to eat? And unfortunately, on that day, I really was hungry. And he called me in the morning and I did not have time to make my epic vegan breakfast. Um, so we got to Wimpy and I saw that they had um, they had a vegan, they had a veggie burger, right? And so I ordered the veggie burger. 
And then when I ordered it, I had asked that they put sweet chili in, just sweet chili, no mayo. I see on the menu, they say they put mayo in. Can I please not have mayo, right? And the burger comes and um, there's mayo. And I'm just like, um, yeah, so I'm just like, oh, okay, there's mayo. And I'm like, no, I can't have the mayo. And they're like, it it, it took a while, like a, a bit of a back and forth for them to understand that, okay, no, um, we don't, we don't, that I, that we don't consume certain products as vegans. But on the really bright side, I really want to talk about one of my favorite places. I think I put this on one of my WhatsApp spaces just yesterday. Um, Asian Twist. It's not entirely a vegan restaurant. I would say that it's vegan friendly, but they have this pad thai right? I think it's called the Pad Thai Gong. And basically you can, you can, you can have it as tofu and chicken, right? You can have a tofu and chicken portion, or you can have a tofu, tofu portion. So if you don't want the chicken, then they add double the size of the, of the tofu. And I would say that it's one of the most delicious meals I've ever eaten. I don't even want to say it's one of the most delicious vegan meals. No, it's one of the most delicious meals I've ever eaten. I've put, um, I'm sure three or four people on just yesterday. I put um, one of my tutors on um, to this meal. And I kid you not, every single time I, you know, suggest this meal to people, they, it becomes a thing um, where they can't stop eating it. And even the people that work there, they know me and they're like, the person that you once came here with, they're here as a regular now, you know, and there's so many of those stories just proliferating. And it just shows that um, you just have to, you just have to open yourself up to, you know, the kinds of vegan options that exist. Dopio Zero also has amazing options. They have this amazing Earth Child burger and um, a vegan pizza that I posted on my vegan page, you know, so these amazing places. Um, I also really enjoy the vegan chef. I went there for my uh, 23rd birthday celebration. And everything on their menu is vegan. And on top of that, they also have vegan Indian cuisine. So it's like, you know, it's like a two-in-one type of situation. Okay, we've uh, we've spoken about some of the different misconceptions around veganism. But I'm interested to know how you respond to those and what is your reaction to criticism, of course, if you faced such before? My role is to educate. I think that's one of my one of my drivers i educate i want to teach people i want to break stereotypes i want to debunk myths so when i do experience these criticisms i listen very carefully and try to understand where it comes from and where i need to myth bust i myth bust but i do so respectfully you know because the reluctance that people have towards veganism is something that is has been with them for a really long time if you told me that I was going to be vegan three years ago I would have probably laughed at you because I am someone who also you know shared some of those misconceptions that no only um, vegans only eat salads you know so it's really just stepping into my role as an educator as a climate activist and really telling people um, the truth about veganism the truth about the dairy industry, the truth about the meat industry. You know, um, there are times where I even um, share a couple of posts and a couple of impactful posts that just, that educate people and 
that are agents of change, you know, some of these posts. Um, I'll make an example. Um, I shared a post about a practice that is used in the dairy industry um, where um, after um, a cow has given birth, basically what they do is obviously um, there are times where um, the the um the kid um or the calf the baby calf you know is shortly killed while it's still in its infant stages right now the problem is um the mother can feel or notice when the kid is not around and this has such a big impact on the cow that um it cannot produce milk so to get the cow to produce milk what they do is um, they stuff like hay into what appears to be like the, the the skin or yeah the skin of the cow of the baby calf to give the false impression to the mother that it is still alive so that the mother can continue producing dairy. You know, I remember I shared that on my story and I remember someone texted me and I was like, I'm done with milk. I'm not doing it. Dairy milk, never again. You know, so my role is to educate and educate in such a way that it generates change. Generate in a way, um, educate in a way that is, that comes from a place of love. You know, I don't educate to pull people down. Hey, you eat meat. No, I'm not like that. Um, I educate, you know, sincerely. I educate gently, you know, and with consideration that some people are more connected and drawn to meat more than others, you know. But when I see criticism, I take it upon myself to myth bust, to debunk, to break stereotypes and, you know, to speak about some of the injustices that we see in um, the dairy industry and just creating space for learning and inclusivity. Because if you come hard on people who already do not understand what's going on, it's very likely that they are going to... um, have a negative um, perception towards um, the movement as a whole. Yeah. Yo, no, that story about the cow and stuffing the skin with the uh, hay, that's terrible, man. That's that's really gross, to be honest. That's very, very cruel. Shame. Yeah, I think my coffees will be without milk now. <laughs> I feel like once people know, you know, it, it, it becomes a whole different chat. But I think, I think at the problem, um, at the center of this, I don't necessarily blame people who consume meat for their consumption of meat. I blame the meat and dairy industry for the spread of misinformation and disinformation that makes people think that their consumption is humane and that their consumption is ethical. There's so many things that are hidden, you know? And I think that in itself is, is a bit of a problem, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I do still think, though, that there are farmers that might sound ironic, but they they do farm ethically, as in they ensure that the animals don't suffer. Or, for example, I know some dairy farms, of course, they're not, they don't mass produce milk, but they do sell their excess. So whenever they have calves that drink the milk from the cows, whatever is excess, then that they sell, which I think is not a bad idea. You know, it's better than wasting by all means. But yeah, and the approach you take of uh, educating people in a non-responsive manner to their criticism, I think is very important because whatever the view a person may have on a vegan 
diet and lifestyle, there is still some wisdom to it, as in reduced consumption, because in this era of extreme consumerism that we live, sometimes seems as if there's nothing more to life than consuming, which is a very dangerous path to tread on. So I thank you for teaching people that there's more to life than, than eating and drinking and so on. We very briefly mentioned this in the very beginning of the podcast, but a vegan lifestyle isn't something particularly new to the African continent, as many traditional African cuisines are plant-based. Uh, for example, pop and samp in South Africa. Then uh, in other parts, you get, you know, cassava, yam, plantain-based dishes, and so on and so forth. Have you noticed any changes or shifts in attitudes towards veganism in South Africa or maybe in your local community? Um, I will just start with like some of the people who are close to me. I've experienced more people um, being um, eager and, you know, um, yeah, eager to learn about veganism because they just realize just how how beneficial it is you know um there's just also like this trend of people noticing that animal consumption is actually not so great especially when we're talking about you know maintaining body weight and you know feeling good and cultivating you know this feeling of you know feeling strong feeling light and you know being in a position where you just you just feel like the food that you are eating, you know, is uplifting to you. You know, I've had so many friends reach out to me and say, hey, um, would you mind creating an eating plan for me, a meal plan for me? I actually created a, a bit of a an eating plan for my friend Karabs. He's currently in Malaysia um, at Monash University. I'm so proud of him. But basically I had um, created um, an eating plan for him because he said that he wants to incorporate more more vegetables, you know, and, and he's South African, you know, he's someone who's used to consume meat you know and that just shows that there's this growing trend where people realize that mm, animal consumption not so great need to consume more vegetables need to eat more holistically you know and just that thing of like um, being more mindful about you know where your food comes from and so I would say that's the growing shift but I would also like to you know, um, throw it back to um, the thing that I'd mentioned earlier about just people wanting to eat food that feels um, spiritually uplifting and to eat food that um, has high vibrations, you know, yeah. Okay, which I think is also an important thing for people that regard uh, spirituality as important. Of course, it's not for everyone, but for the people that do, I'm sure that, well, in general, in many spiritual practices, limiting your consumption of whatever it may be is one of the, you know, one of the foundations. What culture in South Africa are you? Are you Klosa? Are you Zulu? Twana? Pedi? Uh, which one, if I may ask? Um, so I'm like Sutu. So okay. yeah, um, um, my family's from the Free State. I have a couple of um, family members from Lesotho. Um, but yes, I am. I identify um, as Soto. Yes. Okay, great. And uh, do you have any specific dishes in your traditional cuisine that are vegan or plant-based at least? Yes. Okay. So basically South African dumplings, you know, are vegan. Uh, that I think that's, um, it's a big staple food across different cultures, but it's definitely also uh, a big staple food within 
you know, our home, our family. Um, I noticed it when we had a really big um, family gathering and it was, you know, um, the women were in the kitchen and, you know, and they're working with the flour, the water and, you know, um, waiting for the batter to, you know, expand and puff up, you know. So that is actually a naturally vegan food. Um, we call it itombolo, el itombolo in our language. Um uh, but it just it's literally dumpling it's a south african dumpling basically um so i would say that that's like naturally that's naturally a vegan food and also um there's a time where we made stump um Mosamp, however you choose to say it. And that's also naturally vegan. Um, we tend to put um, butter, um, spices, and sometimes milk, but not always milk because, you know, if it's too watery, then it messes up with the consistency of, you know, that. Yeah. yeah. That, but, um, you know, put butter and put spices and, you know, that's also, you know, naturally vegan as well. So, yeah. And a lot of the time also when we've made uh, dumplings, I will um, I will butter it up. Vegan butter, of course. Um, and I throw it in the air fryer and then on the side, cook some vegetables. And then when I'm done, um, layer some sauces, put the vegetables and eat you know um and it tastes so delicious i always say it tastes like chaya butter bread even though it's a dumpling so it's always about just getting creative and having fun with it i think that's why i'm having so much fun with this i think that's why this is a forever thing you know um because you just allow yourself to play around and to enjoy food on different levels different capacities yeah Apart from, I mean, national South African food, you know, that's sort of common in many South African cultures is also vegan. I was thinking now, well, of course, pap, by all means, and then chakalaka, which is also vegan, I love right? Chakalaka. Yeah. I love chakalaka so much. Oh, my word. <laughs> Last year, a friend of mine, uh, he flew back to Bots, and when he came back, he brought mango chakalaka. Man, that stuff was delicious. Oh, yeah. That's what you mean, right? Acha. Yeah, that's the one. Sorry. My bad. And then I thought, no, fed cook. Right, because fat cook is also yeah. Yes, yes, that, yeah. Yeah. For those yeah. for those who don't know, um, okay, maybe you can tell our listeners what that is. Um, a fat cook. It's basically a translation English translation is a fat cake. It's basically like a dough ball, is how I would say, it. like a donut, but like not really a donut. You know how donuts are usually soft, fluffy, to allow for the dessert sprinklings and so on so it, it it takes the form of a donut but it's not really a donut it's just like you know it's like a it's like a ball if i could see like, like in my fist right now like it's like a ball and it's like um yeah it's like i would say that it's like kind of like deep fried dough ball bread i don't know that's the best way i can explain it uh but yeah it's literally naturally vegan also um made in the same way as you would the dumpling it's just they're cooked differently right um because with the dumpling i believe you know it's you know it's flour it's water it's yeast right and the same goes for a fair cook the south africans will correct me and probably come for me if i'm wrong in my <laughs> descriptions but the only difference is um with um with fat cakes you have to you have to fry them or would rather deep fry them in you know hot oil right and then with a dumpling um what we do is you boil it that's how it it comes together you boil it after it's you know puffed up after the dough has risen you, um then you know we usually like um you know boil it and put it in a big pot 
with um yeah is kept in um, a container with a big container and it, um in a big pot and then you boil it you know the pot has some water in it the container sitting at the top and it's boiling 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 and that's how it gets ready so you know those are the two processes but both of those foods completely vegan because of how they're prepared if anything sometimes adding things like milk and an egg to things like that it actually it corrupts the 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 true sense of the food you know like i like thinking about it i think yo if a dumpling has milk in it how is it going to you know come together there's certain foods that that um do better without you know your your milks and so on and so forth like for example how i was explaining with samp you put milk in it becomes too watery so a lot of times we'll think that we're going to pour soy milk in but we end up putting it right back into the fridge and we're like no we only need butter and a whole lot of spices so yeah yeah and i was thinking now as well in nigeria they have a thing called puff puff which is basically fed cook is just sweet so they also yes. just use flour water yeast uh, sugar and then i mean the spices are customizable but yeah it's it's interesting that the vegan vegetarian or plant-based foods across different african cultures are quite similar while the meat-based dishes they those are the ones that vary a lot once again due to the various availability of different meats and so on very interesting i saw in your instagram bio there's a link to i guess that's your other instagram account with short videos you know with vegan dishes and so on what are some of your favorite vegan dishes you mentioned your super duper vegan breakfast tell us about that as well um okay um i think one of my favorite vegan breakfasts that i've ever made was um I had gotten this um what was it I the name has completely uh, just egg I had gotten I had um gotten just egg on special right so there's the wellness warehouse um and at the wellness warehouse they had this special last year in December right and basically um with the special it was a buy one get one free so you buy one packet of just egg which is um um a vegan egg and you get another one sorry i've never heard of vegan eggs yeah what is it made of what does it look like uh, what does it taste like so i'm not entirely sure what it's made of i i i was so excited i promise you i was so excited <laughs> because it it was one of those products that i just see on television so it was one of those it was it felt like a christmas gift like yo i'm just going to take this and eat this um sometimes i that when i'm excited for food i'm like yo just going to eat it and we'll it's vegan what gone in a second and that's basically what happened i think it's cuz i hadn't i hadn't I hadn't seen it in stores. Um Woolworths doesn't sell it because there's politics there as well. Um so it was my first time seeing something that I usually see on my phone screen, you know, in front of me at the shelves. Um but basically um how I would describe it is I was telling like friends and close ones that it tastes like tofu but like you can flavor it in according to like how you want to flavor it but i would say that one of my favorite ba- breakfasts that i made that day was i i basically like you know i toasted like some bread and then i um topped that up with the the just egg and then um i had also topped it up with like some um fries family vegan meatballs and they had also been coated in sauces and other vegetables it was just 
it was just amazing, but um, I can't stop there. There's so many other dishes that I love. I once made this tofu fried rice, um, but I used the biryani rice from Woolworths. I cooked the tofu myself. Then I also added some chickpeas on the side. There's also a time where I made quinoa and um, I made the vegetables very saucy. And um, yeah, I made, I made the vegetables very, very saucy. I cooked the quinoa separately and then um, I combined them all together, added some avocado on the side. It was so yummy, um, but I I think I have to give credit to one of my first um, meals that I posted on my vegan page. And I think that's also what, what you know, gave my account life, you know, what, what started the process. I made these banana pancakes and they were so delicious. Um, and I had used such easy ingredients. I'd used soy milk, I'd used oats, um, banana, uh, maple syrup. Um, I'm probably forgetting a few, but for the most part, that's what, what you need. Some soy milk, some um, banana and, you know, all of that. And if you want to chuck in other things, you can too. But for the baseline, that's what it was. And they came out so fluffy, so soft. And it was just, it was just perfect. And I laid it up with my favorite um, maple syrup. I think this is Lyle's maple syrup. Maple syrup. That's usually the one that I go for. Um, yeah, I would say those, those are some of my favorite dishes. I also eat a lot of fried rice because that's like my, um, that's my accessible dish as well. Um, and I think that also speaks to like why I don't really like post so much on my page. But I think more and more I find myself encouraged to post more because a lot of the things that I prepare nowadays, they're so easy. You know, I don't even use too much of the highly processed foods. If, if not, I don't, I don't think I even use them at all, if I'm being honest. So, um, yeah, I would say I would say that's those are like some of my my favorite foods, and I've, I've I do have like other favorites that I don't really post, but it's just because they're so they're so easy, you know. Um, but um, I do think um, for World Vegan Day, I will share a recipe that I literally um, you know, something that I created like two days ago. It was this. Um, how can I say? There were savory pancakes, right? But, you know, I didn't really have much. So I was just thinking to myself in the kitchen, how am I going to make the, how am I going to make something out of nothing? And so I took the remainder of the oats that we had and I combined it with water and I let it sit right in a, in a bowl. I let it sit. Um, and, you know, obviously oats in water it puffs up all, over time. Then I put it in the blender and added some um, some water and, you know, I let it blend. Then I put it to the side um, in the bowl again and let it, you know, um, firm up or rather like just bubble up a little, you know, get thick. And then um, on the side, I cut some vegetables, um, the little vegetables that I had left in my fridge. I cut them up and spiced them. And then um, I, you know, I mixed the batter and the vegetables together. And then I made these savory pancakes. And I kid you not, they tasted like French toast. It was absolutely amazing. And 
yeah, it it just it came out so beautifully, and yeah, that's that's also one of my my new finds. Yeah. All right. Yeah, the quinoa. I know it. It goes very well with well in my experience with uh, bell peppers. They for some reason they right. I had bell peppers. I included bell peppers in 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 the meal. I think they were red and yellow bell peppers. Yeah. yeah. For some reason they go really really well with quinoa. And in regards to the pancake recipe, I think I've seen it a couple of times on social media. Okay, I never put in the effort to actually try it, but you need to send me that recipe for real. I'd I really love to try them. I think probably this weekend actually. Then lastly, as we approach the end of our uh, engaging interview, what advice would you give to someone who's interested in adopting a vegan lifestyle in South Africa? Okay, so I really have three pieces of like advice. So for the first part is, you know, do your research most of what constitutes a vegan diet is research. Um, I didn't even start with veganism. I started with pescatarianism. And even back then, I felt that it was super necessary to, um, you know, keep with organizations such as We Are Veganuary. And they do this neat little thing where, you know, when you subscribe to their emails, they send you recipes, they send you tips, um, where to find your sources of protein, what kind of things to keep in your pantry where to go to find certain things. They collaborate with apps like Happy Cow to even bring you some of the best um, vegan options from certain restaurants, you know. So it's about doing your research because in doing your research, you're going to find alternatives. You're going to find things that you're surprisingly like, things you'd be interested to try, so on and so forth. So for the first part, do your research, right? And the second part, which is, I think, the most important part, run this race at your own pace. Um Sometimes um, the vegan society can be a bit radical, as you put in the beginning, right? And you might feel compelled to do all or nothing changes, but not even I did all or nothing changes in the beginning. In the beginning, I started with pescatarianism. And then I realized, oh, actually, I'm not really enjoying eggs. Okay, cool. Let's leave the eggs. It's like, okay, ish, the fish, I'm not really enjoying the fish anymore. And plus, I don't eat fish because I've done enough research to see that actually I can get by with a lot of vegan dishes. You know, so run it at your own pace. Um, I've had so many people come to me and say that, you know, I just want to eat more vegetables. I'm not ready to give up meat. I'm like, then eat more vegetables, you know, limit your meat consumption, but don't cut it off completely. If you are feeling for being flexitarian, then you're feeling for being flexitarian. Because the last thing I would want is for someone want to um how do I say to adapt a vegan diet that they are not really you know prepared to adapt now they find themselves falling into patterns now feeling guilty you know I, I don't want that for anyone if anything run it at your own pace and do it in a way that speaks to your body because we're all different you have to do what works for your body and what might work for someone else might not work for you and so you need to do it in a way that works for you I've heard people say that yo Fish is the only one that I can't leave. So I guess I'm pescatarian. Then I say, okay, then stay pescatarian. Do what works for you. You know, you don't, don't now castrate yourself or don't now, you know, use the castrations that you see in other, from other vegans to, um, yeah, to make yourself, you know, feel some type of way and to make yourself feel like you have to force these changes down your throat, you know, um, Telling you now, veganism feels a lot better when it comes from a place of choice. And that's why I've emerged as the climate activist and the vegan activist that I am, because a lot of my choices, they stem from choice. And then the last piece of advice I'd give is put some purpose in it. 
Um, purpose keeps you from forgetting why you started, right? Purpose keeps you in tune with um, your consumption and how you choose to consume um, certain foods, you know? Like a lot of the time I get the question, um, do you ever miss meat? It's like, no, I do not miss meat. Do you know why I don't miss meat? Because I know my purpose. I know where that meat comes from. I've watched all the videos of, you know, animals suffering. I've... I don't even like the smell of animal blood, you know? So it's like, have a purpose and stand with it and be unshakable, be unmovable, you know, and be a bit angry with your purpose too, because it's your purpose. Um, stick with it. And that will inform, you know, your decisions and whether or not you are going to, um, you know, keep on with um, the diet. So in a nutshell, um, stay with your purpose, run your race at your own pace and do your research. And maybe as a little bonus, um, make sure that you align with vegan creatives, influencers, and people who will make you step more into, you know, that journey and to kind of like remove this assumption that it's actually very difficult you know, and those things in doing those four things, um, being a vegan in this country feels a lot easier and it feels natural at this point. Yeah. Great. Paul, thanks a lot. Really appreciate the advice. And I also think in South Africa, it's not that hard, to be honest, because of the huge, immense variety of delicious plant-based foods that South Africa offers. In countries that are further away, that, for example, Russia does not grow mangoes, it doesn't grow avos, doesn't grow a lot of tropical fruit in general. It imports all of those. So obviously, uh, for logistical reasons, those fruit and veg are picked unripe and then shipped to different countries, you know, and they, they ripen in the process. And there's, of course, a face at the taste and the quality of the fruits and vegetables. But in South Africa, it all grows there. And it's it's Basically, all year round, you have access to delicious vegetables and delicious fruits. In general, I really think South Africa has very, very good food quality overall. But yeah, concluding this wonderful interview, and Paul, thanks a lot. After this delicious conversation, I'm now starving as it is just past lunchtime. And yeah, I'm going to go off and have some lunch. I can't promise that I'll have a completely vegan meal. But in honor of World Vegan Day, I'll only stick to vegetables. I won't have any meat today. I promise. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Sweet, sweet. And that was Mpoh, our vegan star, who says, you know what, don't rush into healthy lifestyles head first, but rather take a balanced approach. Take it easy and don't force yourself. The result otherwise is rather undesirable. Dear listeners, a happy Vegans Day to everybody, especially to the vegans out there. In case you missed a part of this podcast, feel free to rewind on popular podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, Cosbox, Pocket Casts, EveryPods, as well as Podcast Addict. If you're more of a reader, then feel free to go to the Sputnik Africa website and enjoy the numerous articles we have there. However, for shorter digest, go to our Sputnik Africa Telegram page, TikTok account, and other socials to get the juiciest information from across the globe. That's that for today's episode. So once again, happy Vegans Day. Try to cut out on the meat, and then I'll be seeing you next week with new episodes of Afro Verdict.
Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa.